Thanks, Barn Dog 97. When I'm not drifting on defense because I don't know how to how the fuck to defend a simple fucking pick and roll. I'm Spartan Dog 97. Gentlemen, we have a lot to talk about today. Uh, the Spartans finally looked like they were putting it together and then didn't. And now we have weird vibes going into the duck hunt on Saturday. I'm officially branding Saturday the duck hunt. Uh, we also have... Um, we also have to talk about probably one of the best NFL divisional weekends uh, that I can remember. And I'm sure some other bullshit will come up along the way. Uh, first things first. So, I mean, I'm not sure how, how much we want to spend talking about Friday, but it, I, I, I tweeted this out yesterday. But it feels like MSU basketball, the last two years, really, uh, both last season and this season, um, have constantly like oscillated between uh, a team that is like an old head's wet dream of how they feel like basketball should be played. Uh, there's no one guy taking over the game. It's selfless ball. They're always looking for extra passes, always looking to get high percentage shots not afraid to go into the paint, um, you know, defend really well, defend hard. Um, that's just basically what anyone over the age of 45 wants to see in a basketball team. And then other times they look like baby deer trying to stand up on ice. Uh, Friday, we got the Friday, we got the former. And last night against Illinois, we got the latter. And, you know, Carter, you know the most ball out of all of us. Um, I will defer to you. All right, so I guess we won't touch on Friday that much. I'll, I'll, I'll give a little bit of a quick overview because, you know, the effects of Friday were quickly ruined by uh, what we saw last night, I guess, if you could call that a basketball game. So, I mean, it was fun. You know, all of us on the pod, we weren't really feeling super optimistic about going into the cold center that Friday night. And then basically from start to finish, Michigan State looked pretty dominant. Uh, I think the biggest thing with how Friday went was how I, I was just so surprised with how they dominated the glass. I think they out-rebounded that Wisconsin team by like 20. Uh, and they, they did a really good job defending Johnny Davis. You know, they threw a bunch of different bodies at him. So he had a bunch of different looks. Uh, and that, that made it as difficult as it was for him. And just outside of that, Michigan State pretty much took care of business on both sides of the ball, especially offensively. I think they were super efficient and I kind of didn't expect that because going into cold center uh, is always hard. And I figured that there would be kind of a lid on the basket, but they shot it really, really well. Uh, they got looks inside and then just every, you know, euphoric feeling of going and beating a team convincingly all crashed down when they came up short against the Kofi and Andre Corbello lists. Illini. And the main reason for that, in my opinion, was we saw another example of coaching malpractice. And it just stems from the fact that, that Marcus Bingham is not on the floor enough. And I know that one of the main reasons is it's his conditioning and it makes it worse when it already wasn't good when he had COVID. However, this team looks completely lost on both sides of the ball without him on the floor on offense. The team can't get a paint touch. 
which doesn't allow people to set screens on other guys and get shooters open or just let Bingham go to work in the post because he does usually have about two or three inches on whoever he's playing in that post and he has a longer wingspan. So he's got more of an opportunity for post buckets, but he can also pass out and find other guys defensively. Neither of the other bigs, Sissoko and Marble, know how to defend a pick and as you said, you know, your words, not mine in the intro. Uh, and it's just the the simple pick and roll is a fundamental play of basketball that just completely Michigan State looked lost yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I learned I learned what the pick and roll was in second grade. I was playing rec league basketball and I understood a basic pick and roll and how to defend it. Exactly. The the big never tagged the roll man. He always came out on top of whoever was handling the ball. And it was always with Trent Frazier, and he either swung that pass to the big man wide open under the basket, or he found somebody else on a shooter because somebody else had to overhelp because Marble or Sissoko didn't know where they were supposed to be. And that just allowed Wisconsin, or not Wisconsin, Illinois, to get whatever they wanted offensively. Yeah, they didn't shoot it incredibly well in the second half, and that kind of allowed Michigan State to get back into it. But the team without Bingham on the floor – is just not a team that's going to do anything going forward. And that's and that's why I was upset. People can say that the reason that they lost the game was because Malik Hall uh, missed those free throws, but it shouldn't have come down to that. That was not. that. I'll, I'll, I'll say that right now. That was not the reason. Malik Hall missing a free throw was not the reason why we lost that game. That game should have been over with 11 minutes left in the second half. They, Steven, Izzo should have, Steven Izzo should have seen the floor last night. And the fact that it came down to those two free throws from Malik, uh, I think is one of the only positives you can take away from last night. The fact that they were, the fact that they not only came back, the, the fact that they only didn't roll over and show their bellies, but fought all the way back to the point of being a free throw away from going to overtime, I think speaks to some deeper psychological positives with this team that are probably going to end up paying dividends come March. But in the short term, I share your concerns, Carter. I, you know, Marcus, I, the only way that, that Tom can make me feel comfortable about the lack of the lack of Marcus Bingham on the floor in, in some of these games is if he just gives up the game and says we're saving him for March, right? Whatever happens during the regular season will happen. That's that's what I have to think, right? Because yeah. otherwise, based on Izzo's comments earlier in the season, I have to think Izzo doesn't like Marcus Bingham that much, and and he has a significantly shorter leash than Thomas fucking Kithier had last year. And speaking of which... I can't believe I'm about to say this, but Thomas Kithier would have been a massive help last night because he sucks, his mom sucks, whatever, right? His mom's a bitch. His fucking he's not that, you know, he wasn't that effective. He was soft as he was soft as baby shit, but he knew how to he knew how to he knew how to call out a pick and roll. He was smart, he was a smart and sound defender. Right. Thomas Kithier is going to be a great basketball coach one day. He is going to win a lot of fucking state championships. 
as a basketball coach. And he might even play, and he might even be able to coach at the collegiate level. But, and that's where we missed him, right? I think Izzo kind of unlocked something last night, actually, when he said, fuck it, we're going small. I think the small ball lineup Michigan State has is very goddamn effective. And you can tell he put it in just for this game where he knew that Kofi, if Kofi played, Kofi was going to eat no matter what. And you had to go and stop everyone around Kofi. Because if Kofi and Trent Frazier were able to eat, then you were going to run out of the gym. But if you just let Kofi eat, you were in it. Yeah, another thing is um, I got a flashback to last year and not a good one because of the fact that both point guards played pretty horrific basketball yesterday. The, uh, the thing is, like, Tyson Walker had probably his worst game as a Spartan, and, and, and at some point there was going to be a time where he didn't play well, and, I, and it unfortunately came in a game where we really could not have afforded it. Um, and the thing about Tyson Walker, if Tyson Walker is a um, reserved, he's kind of a hesitant player. You know, he, he thinks about everything before he does it. And sometimes he overthinks. Uh, A.J. Hogard is the antithesis of that, where he doesn't think about anything and he just floors it. He has one gear. He just goes. And there really has been no balance at the point guard at that point. So there's some super high highs and some very low lows at point guard this year. I feel like there hasn't been consistent steady play. And I feel like Tyson Walker can get there. It's just work. He's just, he gets so in his own head and he overthinks things. And if he makes a mistake, he takes himself out of the game mentally. And then sometimes actually does take himself out of the game and won't come back in for a while. So I'm, I'm waiting for that consistent Tyson Walker, because we've seen what he can do. He can shoot it from anywhere on the floor. He can defend really well. He's good at setting guys up. Uh, he's he's just good at running the offense. Like he's a very smart player. It's just he needs to think less and do more, but not to an AJ Hogarth instead. Yeah, and and I was in uh, DK's post game space last night, and I and I straight up asked him, right? Because if you look yeah. at Tyson Walker's stats at Northeastern, he was Northeastern's offense. He was mm-hmm. their leading scorer. He was their leading assist man. He was their, he was a do it all guy. Right. And now he comes mm-hmm. to Michigan state and he's almost scared to shoot. There have been games this year, not necessarily last night, but throughout the season where he's had open looks and has decided to make that extra pass. He's had good, he's been open for good shots. He's caught passes. He's caught passes in the basket where he can just fire and he chooses not to. He chooses to try to run a play. And I asked DK about that. And he basically said two things. He said, one, transfer point guards across the country are struggling right now, right? He brought up Marcus Carr at Texas, Mm -hmm. uh, who has been an abysmal offensive fit. He's brought up a few other. He's brought up a few other guys. I can't remember Marcus Carr. I just remember because he's a big point guard. But and the other thing is, too, is we saw a little bit of this last year with Rocket throwing a guy into a Tom Izzo offense. Having a guy basically be a quarterback of a Tom Izzo offense is a tall task, right? And. Mm-hmm. 
Walker has to Walker doesn't know the playbook inside and out like Cassius did, like Gary Harris did, right? There's that extra there's that extra processing he needs to do before he before he makes a decision. Where where with Cash it was it was so natural and free flowing and it and it's really the ceiling of what a Tom Izzo offense can be. So that's I think that's Walker's problem, right? And and Holgard if Holgard just slowed down 8%, not even a full 10, just 8%. If he just like if he just if he just pulled back like a little bit, like just lifted lifted his pinky toe off the gas pedal, he would be a very very good point guard. Not only for Michigan State, but in the whole conference. Right? But he has no impulse control. He's like a He's he's like a he's like a twelve year old kid with a Playboy. I mean, he's just fucking jerking his dick all over the place. He's like Randy. He's like Randy Marsh when they get a little <laughs> bit of internet. He's just fucking covered himself in his own nut. It was a spooky ghost. It was, it was ectoplasm. Yeah, it's ectoplasm. So spooky ghost. Yeah, I mean. Um... I don't have much to contribute because if we're in the trust tree again, I didn't watch the game. I watched the last couple of minutes at, at work today. And, um, you know, I, I just have to agree with you full heartedly. Like I, when I was coming home, I saw that Coburn and um, Curbelo were gone. You know, I think all of us thought, okay, this should be a dub should be an easy dub. Got home and I saw the score and I'm like, you've, gotta be kidding me we must be shooting like shit and sure enough i checked the stats and um i think another thing that i could be wrong i didn't watch i didn't watch most of it but it seems like when max christie gets going we're doing really well and i think he only had two points am i right something like that he he had also probably his worst game it's just unfortunate so many of our guys had probably their worst games in a spartan uniform at the right. very worst time Right. Like we're, we're such, we're so deep in some parts, but like, yeah, it's like everyone just, and, and if it pays dividends down the road, that's fine. Like, but I was, you know, I think we were all just high off of that Wisconsin win and to come into Illinois and lose on a, on a free throw is, is just a big bummer, especially, you know, like you said, if, if Coburn and Corbello were in that game, the way we played, it's, it's over at halftime. It's probably 25, 30 point lead at halftime. And I, I'm I'm nervous about Bingham, but I, I think I agree with Spartan Dog that I think is I think Izzo's trying to slowly integrate him back in with more minutes and he might have, you know, the longer longer bout with COVID, like not obviously positive, but you know, the side effects from it. And if that can make him to where we get to March first and, and Marcus is in a better place physically and mentally from what he dealt with, I think it's going to be all right. But um, if we lose to Michigan, I'm going to start to be worried. I think we can beat them, and I think we will. Um, so I need to see the response from this game. And, and like I said, like or like you guys said, or like Spartanock said, I like how they did not fold. If this were the 2020-21 team, they fold. Yeah. That's over. It's a, it's a, yeah. 34, it's a 35, 40-point blowout. Over, like over at halftime. But um, they came back and they fought, and that gives me hope for the rest of the season, <laughs> duh. 
Um, but I'm one of those guys who's, you know, I'm older than you guys. And, you know, it's, and when we see it every year with the fan base, we melt down over a game or two and yeah, the Northwestern loss was bad. And this loss was bad, but this stuff happens. And I think our expectations are a little too high of this team right now. Like, you know, after the Wisconsin game, people are going, Oh, it's this is a final four team. And I was just like, okay, look, I want to be, I want to be optimistic too, but like, Let's pump the brakes a little bit here. Let's let these guys, <laughs> let's let them find their footing and uh, let's let them figure things out. And they're going to take their lumps. And last night was a lump that I think we needed to take that might pay off, especially when, you know, when they come to the Breslin Center, they're going to probably be fully healthy. So it's going to be an even bigger test than last night. Yeah, a couple things I think and then we can probably move on from basketball. I think a positive that I will say about this, uh, 11 turnovers. And if you look, if you you think about that, it's like, well, how is that a positive? Because nine One of them the came in half. Yeah, because nine of them came in like the first 15 minutes. So, you know, basically one or two turnovers from that point on uh, is important for this team, especially just taking care of the ball. That's also how they got back in the game. And Another to the to the point that SD made about like the small ball lineup, it actually did work pretty well. Not like a lineup that had like marble at the five. I'm talking where they put like one of Hall or Hauser at the five. Because if I'm being honest, I think Hauser, all things considered, might be the best rebounder on this team. He's a pretty he's a pretty excellent rebounder on both sides, offensive and defensive. Uh, so he was doing a lot of good work. I thought he played a pretty good game yesterday. I think if there's anybody that you actually can't put this game on, it's him because I think he played pretty sound on both sides of the ball. Yeah, um, I agree with you, Carter. I tweeted it yesterday. He played his ass off last night. Um, he was moving. He was getting open. He was taking shots. He was re- he was rebounding extremely well. He was playing good defense. And, you know, God damn it. If he does, if he does, if he puts together another performance like that, someone's going to have to bake me a humble pie, uh, because I it was I've been really impressed with Hauser the last few games, uh, and and two, and I guess I guess my closing thought thought on this is, uh, you know I. DK brought this up last night, last night in the Twitter space. And because we just, we're just mouthpieces for other MSU Twitter personalities. Uh, I, I, I want to get your thoughts on this Carter. I don't know. I don't think I, I didn't see you in the space, so I don't know if you were there or not. Uh, I didn't go yesterday. No, he, he brought up, I believe it was combo uh, who brought up, who brought up, you know, kind of the rotation, the rotations and, and how that's mainly Dwayne Stevens' job. And, yeah. uh, you know, DK brought up a really good point. It's like, if Stevens is in charge of these rotations, and these are the rotations he's getting, uh, it I I don't have the warm and fuzzies about him being the handpicked successor to, to Tom when he decides to hang it up. And I just wanted to get your your thoughts on that on that matter, because I, I wholeheartedly agree with him. If Dwayne Stevens is in charge of the lineups and he's been putting out and he's been putting out uh, AJ Hogard and, and Tyson Walker on the floor at the same time and only in limiting Bingham to under 20 minutes, then yeah, if this is the replacement, I don't want to see, 
I don't want to know what he's going to do with the full with full control of the roster. No, I agree. No, I agree. I especially to that point about Hogard and Walker playing together because if one guy's handling the ball, if Walker's handling the ball, you don't have a guard next to him that can shoot. And if you have Hogard handling the ball and Walker playing off ball, you have a guard next to Hogard who won't shoot. So yeah, I mean that is definitely an issue if if you're not putting out the best lineups on the floor at Michigan State definitely did not last night. I think that was a huge part of why they lost. And that is definitely something concerning if they're going to promote from within, if Dwayne Stevens is going to be uh, the next in line when Izzo is eventually done. Um, I have vocally been a Drew Valentine guy for the last year or so. I really like what he's done at Loyola. I mean, guys really like playing for him. He's brought in a pretty good recruiting class already so far. Um, I think he'd really do wonders here. Uh, You know, he's already got connections here. So, yeah, I'm also not super on board with Stevens. Uh, I was kind of someone who was was in favor of Stevens getting the job at Western, and for some reason they didn't hire him, and they're pretty awful for it. (laughs) I – I, I agree with you, Carter. I, I think, look, I mean, obviously they pro- promoted from within with Izzo, but that doesn't guarantee it's going to work twice. It, it, right. There's no guarantee it's going to work a second time. And uh, Graham Couch even thinks that Dwayne Stevens is going to be the guy, like no matter what we think. And I think that's what's going to happen. And I really hope it doesn't. And I'm not trying to bash Dwayne Stevens, but mm-hmm. I think I think Drew Valentine is the guy. And you got to figure that out. Um, that because Izzo's not getting any younger. So I think this conversation is going to come up more and more. And unfortunately it comes up during a loss, but um, you know, every year his reti- his inevitable retirement gets closer and closer. So if these rotations are what Dwayne Stevens would tell his coaches to do, it's kind of alarming. And, but you know, you can learn, but I mean, how, how old is he? I don't know, know how old Dwayne Stevens is. He's 47. He's been here for He's 47, yeah. Okay, so that's not that's not horrible. I mean, he could still learn stuff, but yeah, I'm with you. We we need I think we need someone else that's not in the Spartan family right now. And I, I hope that changes, but that's my piece. I think the one positive that that the fan base has going is is that Allen Holler um is a lot like Gator in the fact that he take he doesn't take no shit. Uh, so I think, you know, if, I think if Holler, if Holler is going to take Izzo at his word and believe that DJ is the guy, then maybe then it is what it is, but you know, Holler's not going to be afraid to tell Izzo like, okay, dude, whatever, and go out and hire Drew Valentine or make a run it at, at NATO's. Right. So I think that's the big, I think that's the big positive to take away from, from, you know, from having the athletic department we do have is that I don't think Holler is going to be afraid to kind of go against Izzo's wishes on the way out um, if he feels like it's not going to be productive for the future of the program. Right. I, I think if this were Mark Hollister running the show, we would already know by now that Dwayne Stevens is like the name, the next head coach in waiting, kind of like what Duke was doing with uh, John Shire. You basically knew it and they wouldn't give it away. But I think that that's what would, would lean me towards that if Mark Hollis were still here. And I really hope Alan Holler hears out Dwayne Stevens. But, yeah, 
tell Izzo, look, this isn't your call, but, you know, if you want input, you're more than welcome to give your share. So I think I think we're we're pretty done with basketball. I mean the duck hunt, the duck hunt is Saturday. Uh, get your rifles, uh, pick up a speech impediment, because uh, we're going. Uh, we're hu- <laughs> we're hunting ducks. Shave your head bald, Lucas. You already beat us there. Uh, hey, <laughs> asshole. Uh, you know, become sexually attracted to a cartoon rabbit in a dress because uh, it's it's duck it's duck season, baby. Uh, let's get after it. Breslin should be Can, loud. Izone should be loud as fuck. Uh, yeah, a lot of football it, it recruits. Should, it should be bumping. It's a big visiting weekend for both basketball and football recruits. Uh, can't wait. Um, it's going to be a good atmosphere. Can't wait to watch it on TV. Is, uh, do we know a line yet? I believe the line is. Let me look that up real quick. That is a Ooh, good. I don't, let me see the. Let me, let me see. see what. I don't see one on the score. I don't know if it comes out this soon. Maybe tomorrow. Yeah, probably tomorrow. But yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, it's been pretty well documented. Michigan struggled this year. Uh, they're in a dog fight with Northwestern right now, which you know, uh, glass houses, but. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, I think, you know, I'm, I'm feeling pretty confident. Uh, there's no reason for yeah. me not to feel confident. Um, you know, and let's just go, let's go duck hunting. That's all I got to say. Um, I think we're the better team overall, but you know, we could, we could run into like Dickinson having his day, having his, uh, his coming out party. Um, Quite I should it's... phrase it. Yeah. Phrase that differently. <laughs> You know what I mean. I didn't try to do anything mis- uh, malicious. I am. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, TikTok, TikTok. Um, I think Ken Palm shows we're going to win by four, and I could see that, but I think we'll win by a couple possessions. I don't think it's going to be a four-point game. If it is, then someone's just playing out of their absolute minds for Michigan because, I mean, they really don't have they. I don't think they've solved their point guard issue. And the whole fan base is like crapping their pants that, oh man, we beat Maryland. We're back in this thing. And um, I don't buy it yet. If they beat Michigan State, sure, they're back in it. But I think I think we're taking this thing pretty easily. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, Carter, if you have any insight, feel free to share it. But I'm, I'm ready to move on to, to football. Oh, yeah. No, I think that they're going to be looking forward to this game because I'm sure the players were pretty pissed about the fact that the game got canceled a couple weeks ago. And playing Michigan at home in front of the Breslin crowd is always going to be something to fire up uh, those guys. And you know that Izzo is going to want to play this game and he's going to get these guys ready to play because he knows that this is a loss that they cannot afford, especially dropping Northwestern and Illinois now. So we should just stop playing basketball in the state of Illinois or against the state of Illinois, I guess, at this point. But, uh, yeah, I think we'll I think we'll win on Saturday. All right, so uh, let's discuss a little NFL. Um, you know, to to quote uh, Stefan from SNL, this weekend had everything: overtime, last second field goals, and 
and a and a power bottom and a horse face celebrating celebrating. Uh, I'm taught so eat you know every game this weekend was decided by a game winning by a by a field goal. It was decided in in the final possession. Um, just an overall like great weekend for football. I mean, it was um, it was probably one of the more entertaining entertaining divisional weekends I think I can remember. Really, just football weekends I can remember. Yeah, yeah, pretty absolutely. unbelievable. Uh, you know, first we got Lucas's Rams uh, slayed oh. the uh, slayed the oh. dragon. Uh, Almost didn't. <laughs> that, that dragon came back to life pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean the the Rams had it pretty handily. Uh, you know, this looked like a vintage Brady. Like, what deal does he have with the devil? Yeah. And you know, but you know, credit to credit to Matthew Stafford. He he did it. He 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 was he put the team on his back. He was fucking awesome. Like, sure, he had a couple, he had like one bad possession where like I think they were down one score or something. I think that, that Tampa made it 27-20 and they forced a punt, but then you know, the crowd got loud, and it was a pretty easy three and out. But, but pretty much besides that, he was he was rock solid. And, you know, the Rams were basically doing everything to fumble that game away. Like, Cooper Cup fumbled the ball, and Cam Akers had just that fumble at the one-yard line. I was like, man, this I, – I just – I think I texted Sponge or Lewis Johnson. I'm like, this – I hope this doesn't come back to haunt him, but it might because it's Tom Brady. And sure as shit, it did because that's – that makes it 27 to three or yeah, 27 to three at halftime. And the game's basically over, you know, and if you go up that, if you still count that Stafford rushing touchdown 34 to three, I mean, that's pretty tough to come back from, but Brady would have somehow pulled it off. You you just know it. He would, he would have figured it out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, It's, it's very, um, you know, I, I was in awe, you know, I think, uh, you know, the Rams now I think have, have the clearest path to the Super Bowl. Uh, nothing yeah. can, nothing can stop them now. They're, they're locked. Um, they're locked. They're going to the Super Bowl. Nothing's going to get in their way. Nothing. Shut up. Not a single thing. Uh, Shut up. And, and, you know, then uh, we're kind of out of order here, uh, but you know, Joe Shiesty, uh, getting it, Joe Shiesty, man. Oh, it, it, talk about, uh, talk about delivering, man. Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow is a dude. Uh, I always kind of thought he might be like one of those college legends that don't quite pan out. Your Manziel's Johnny, uh, but hmm. goddamn, is he delivered? Uh, him, he him just doesn't and, give up. No, him and Jamar Chase. Uh, I remember that meme uh, after the draft where it was like Joe Burrow getting fucked up and he throws the ball like five yards and Jamar Chase is standing yeah. like at the <laughs> standing at the is standing downfield like waiting for the ball. And it was like 
And then it was like Joe Burrow and like the guy blocking was Panay Sewell and Joe Burrow throws a bomb and he literally just said anybody. <laughs> but man, I'll tell you what, though that's probably that's probably one of the best duos in football right there. Mm-hmm. That's a scary team going forward, man. They have all the pieces, especially on the offensive side of the ball. They had a couple linemen, and you give Joe Burrow time to throw, defenses are gonna be in a lot of trouble. And uh I look, I've been saying like, oh, I don't think Cincinnati's going to beat uh, the Raiders. I don't think they're going to beat Tennessee. Now, you know, I know it's Kansas City, but this team has like a kind of resiliency to them. This, this, they could definitely get it done. I'm just saying, I don't think I'd be completely shocked if they won this weekend. Well, they, they beat the Chiefs like what through three, four yeah, like weeks week, ago? Yeah, like week 17 or something like that. Yeah, it was to clinch the NF- or the AFC North. Like mm-hmm. they they can hang with these guys. And yeah, that was at Cincinnati. So you have to give the arrowhead factor. But oh man, I, I think I think Cincinnati's gonna cover. I think they're a touchdown underdog. I I, yeah. I think they're gonna keep it close, like really close. Yeah, Joe, Joe Burrow dude got sacked nine, nine times, times. Right? and still won. Like I, I love that tweet I put about Randy Marsh getting up and going, "Hey, Bat Dad, I didn't hear no bell." Like that's literally Joe Burrow that entire game. Like what a warrior! And yeah, give him more linemen. He's gonna he's gonna win a Super Bowl eventually. I, I firmly believe that. I don't think he's going to win it this year, but if the Niners make it in and the Bengals make it in, I will root for him. Um, but I. Might be a year early, but you never know. Yeah, I think they're going to hang with the Chiefs. This is going to be a very – both games are going to be incredibly close. Yeah, Joe Burrow's playing with a ridiculous amount of swagger and confidence right now. So, it, and I know they're going up against probably the toughest opponent they, they would see, you know, the rest of the way. No, no disrespect to the Rams. I think the Chiefs are just that good. Uh, I agree. So, so no, it's going to be tough for them. I agree with and you. I, mean, I agree with you 100%. Um, yeah. Like, and what's funny is, you know, we were burying the Chiefs, what, three, four weeks into the season. They were one and three. Yeah. And they looked bad. But then yeah. all of a sudden they just woke up. They, they emerged from their slumber, and they are the best team left. They, they are. And they might not have the best defense left. I think that San Francisco and L.A. have better defenses. But the, the offense has so much firepower that I honestly believe they're probably going to win the Super Bowl. That could be, yeah. And I mean, one thing I do want to talk about is the San Francisco and Green Bay game. How did the Packers lose that game? There was no, there was no offensive or even defensive touchdown scored by uh, San Francisco, and somehow Aaron Rodgers and that Packers team only put up ten points. Well, you know, he just wasn't immunized against sport poor special teams play, unfortunately. I think and, my favorite one is uh, I think my favorite one is the nicknames that have come out for Aaron Rodgers. I think my favorite one is Bright Bart Star. Yeah, that one's good. <laughs> I didn't I hear that one. Ever. <laughs> everyone likes Sorry. everyone likes Throw Rogan. I think that one's my yeah. favorite. Throw Rogan's good. Um, Throw Rogan is good. Q Aaron, Q Aaron Rodgers. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it's it, funny. There's a weird stat that I just can't get over is that Jimmy G is undefeated in the playoffs when he doesn't throw a touchdown. 
that is so fucking weird. And it gives them that little weird juju going into the next game. But, like, yeah, I couldn't – I was watching that game and I was falling asleep. I'm like, I'm like, man, I like, uh, I thought this game was going to be a hit. It turns out it <laughs> fucking sucks. You know when it was bad, it was good. Yeah, and I watched it. I'm like, okay, if this punt – if they if they kick off, get off this punt, I'm probably going to have to turn it off. And they yeah. blocked it, and I'm just like – my eyes just went wide open. I'm like, okay, I'm awake for this. I need to see this game. And, yeah, my friend uh, – yeah, Lucas, my friend – my friend Dan, who you've met, he was in here watching yeah. the game with us. Uh, he said, wouldn't it be funny if they blocked this and returned it for a touchdown? And then they did exactly that like three seconds later. But yeah, like it just the 49ers have that weird mojo going for them. Like, you know, the, they they remind me, and I think they're a better team than – yeah, I think they are. They remind me of the 2019 Tennessee Titans. Like, they kind of made a run. They sneaked in the playoffs, and they made a run in the, the AFC title game. Um but they were just outclassed by the Chiefs. I don't think the Niners are going to be outclassed by the Rams. I mean, I, I hope so, but I don't think it's going to. Um, but, yeah, and I loved um, what Robbie Gould did. Like, he did you see the video of him kicking during the, uh, the, the Packers player intros? Yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't see that. Like, he's literally – he's maybe 10 yards behind, like, the line when they're, like, introducing the starting lineup. He's kicking field goals in – like practicing while they're doing like their whole celebration of fireworks and all that. And it's just so fucking funny that he nailed. I love when he, when he kicked the field goal, he just walks away. Like he knew it was in just walks away and like, yep, this, this shit's over. That's, that's so I, I was really, I was happy for Robbie gold considering they cut him and the bears just haven't been the, the same since. Um, but yeah, I, I just had to note that that was pretty fucking funny. I think the Jimmy G stat that you brought up should probably bury any like arguments that, you know, quarterbacks are good because they, because of their like record, like QB wins yeah. just is officially invalidated because right. I think that's a good, I think that's a good segue into the next topic of the performance that we saw from Josh Allen as well. That was ridiculous how good that guy has become. And especially with how, you know, how, how ridiculed he was through the draft process when he was at Wyoming. People just thought, oh, he's, he plays, you know, in a smaller conference. He just has a big arm. He doesn't really know how to play quarterback. I definitely didn't say any of those things. Definitely not. Definitely didn't completely whiff on my evaluation of him. And I, I, I'm okay with it because a lot of people did. But, yeah, I mean, every every people who were big on Josh Allen, everything that they said came completely true. And, and it's been great because he is so much fun to watch play football. I mean, he's what, like six, five, six, six, he can run. Mm-hmm. He has an absolute missile of an arm. Got a chooch. He, and we had an unlikely performance from Gabriel Davis. The dude had like eight catches for 201 yards and four touchdowns. That was ridiculous. You know, he came up clutch too. I mean, Josh Allen just made every play that he needed to, to keep the bills in that game. And it's just unfortunate that, you know, he didn't get a chance in overtime to try to keep that team in the game. It's just the defense kind of blew it for him. But that's understandable because of the fact that, you know, the defense is going to be gassed, especially after a game like that. But, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just unfortunate he didn't get a shot. Yeah, and, and, you know, I think, like, I think we have this conversation every time, every time the NFL goes to overtime in a playoff game. Um, But... Uh, I just don't 
Like, I just don't necessarily believe, like, I'm a big believer in, like, the Bills could have avoided all this had they, like, done any, had they tackled, had they covered Travis Kelsey even a little bit. <laughs> um, You know, like, the, you know, they'd let, they let Patrick Mahomes and the, and the Chiefs march uh, 40 yards downfield in nine seconds. So... You know, you got to take a little personal responsibility there, I suppose. Um, I feel for Josh Allen and the the Bills, but, you know, you had an opportunity to stop him. It's kind of like the JT is short thing. JT was short thing for me, right? The game didn't end with that call, right? The game didn't end because it went to over. The game didn't end because the Bills didn't get the ball necessarily, right? The game could have been over before that. You could have done other things to prevent that scenario from happening, and you didn't. It's the same thing as the Malik Hall free throws, right? It's all it's all connected, right? People like to pinpoint one moment and have it say this is the reason the outcome of the game was the outcome, and that's just it's just factually incorrect. Um, so right. I just don't I I, I don't like that I, argument. I think that the overtime rules need to be looked at a little bit. I mean, just maybe explore some different avenues because, yeah, I I do like I agree with both sides. Like, yeah, the Bills totally blew it. I mean, they let Mahomes get what seventy yards in ten seconds, and then you know blew the game in overtime. But like, it's just unfair. Like, we we should have seen like an epic like fifty to forty two shootout. So something, and it was a shootout. But you know, we should have gotten a little bit more taste of of what I think is probably going to be we're going to see this playoff matchup at least half of the next 10 years like five of the next 10 years we're going to see these two battling for the divisional if not the AFC title yeah I'm trying to look um, and see and and I I do I'll, I'll fill it up I do agree with the, the, the narrative of um, you know one moment isn't really what you can look at to summarize you know a win or a loss and like when the Rams you know turn the ball over four times I'm like okay well there it is right there you know four fumbles compared to two turnovers for the Bucks there it is like that's that's what you moan like I can pinpoint it to one fumble but like you know if you take away any of those fumbles that game's over and it's it's irrelevant how they won but like you know if if they lost I was gonna be like well Stafford was not the problem and he wasn't even close to it it's when your star running back fumbles the ball twice, your star receiver fumbles the ball, and um, you know it just it just gets worse from there. So, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not trying to be like flip floppy, but I can see both sides of it for sure, especially with exploring overtime rules. Yeah. So I mean, we got Bengals Chiefs this weekend Sunday at three o'clock. The Chiefs are a touchdown favorite. Who do you guys got? I, I think the Bengals cover, uh, but ultimately I I just have a hard time betting against the Chiefs as much as I hate Patrick Mahomes' fucking wife and brother. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know. They just suck. Do you see her thing about spraying champagne all over people? She was like, I should be allowed to do what I want and not get criticized. Like, what? <laughs> what the fuck? Did you just say? 
that's that is entitlement at its finest. That is, I I like Patrick Mahomes so much. She could have said she could have <laughs> that. That is the most white woman thing a white woman has ever said. Yeah, it's 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 the meme like the the SpongeBob meme white, you know, pointing yeah. at her going white. I have to wonder what Patrick thinks because he's just sitting there like, oh, oh god damn it, these. Monthly just he just wants to do the Larry David shut the fuck up. <laughs> With so much in his head. That off season, they were there was that TikTok. <laughs> Uh, there was that video of of her and, and Jackson at dinner recording a TikTok, and Patrick's just eating dinner, and Patrick looks, he looks fucking over. miserable. He looks, <laughs> he looks so he looks hungover, like he looks like he's having the most brutal hangover of his entire life. Yeah, and he's just like, like it. I, I imagine home life for Patrick Mahomes is like he's constantly at a four-year-old's birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese. Like that kind of overstimulation and noise and just like that level of like being annoyed, but you can't really snap because you know, like it's technically not the right thing to do, even though you just want to like fucking like, even though you just want to fucking leave or burn down the Chuck E. Cheese, you can't do it. I bet a football game, like a high-pressure football game, is more relaxing than being around those two all the time when they're together. <laughs> Absolutely. And so I get the I, Chiefs. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. No, I'm just. No, I'm just. I'm just I do have the Chiefs got, this weekend. I think the Bengals are going to do everything they can to keep it close. But do you, do you remember the uh, the Chiefs Patriots game a couple of years ago where the Chiefs almost uh, Patriots, but just came up. So short. Yeah, yeah D, Ford was off, D Ford was off sides. Yep. I think that's what's going to happen with this game is something's going to – like one play will kind of be like the, the, the deciding factor. Yeah, it could be like an interception or something. Like, you know, I could see it to where it's – you know, because they lo- the, the Chiefs lost 34 to 31 mm-hmm. uh, at the beginning of the month. And, you know, that was a game where the, the Bengals really could have won by a touchdown, but just decided to run clock down and get the field goal to win it. And um, th- that was such a shootout. But, like, I could see this being the basically the same score, but I, I would say probably, like, excuse me, 35-28. And I could the, – the Bengals, like, driving down the field and Joe Burrow gets sacked and fumbled, you know. Mm-hmm. Something to where, like, the, the Bengals fans will imprint that moment and, and you know like okay well we need linemen now we've got jamar chase we need linemen because i think if they grab some linemen they might be they might be a top two seed in the eight they might be a top two or three seed in the afc next year because i still think buffalo is better yeah um, i i got the chiefs to win but Bengals cover i'm gonna say i'm gonna say 34 31 again but this time it's the chiefs coming out on top i think it's gonna be a really close game I got a 31-29 Chiefs win. Ooh. All right. So then – and then at night we have uh, 49ers versus your Rams, Lucas. I don't know if you want to put an insider kind of just let us go with it. Because when I do my NBA podcast, I just – and we talk about Atlanta, I just let my co-host talk instead of me because I want to get their perspective. I, I want to get you guys' perspective. I'm going to go on mute. So go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for the hurt because I know I'm going to get hurt a little bit by some of it. 
I, I mean, honestly, like San Francisco's so banged up. Debo, Debo could barely walk off the field after the game. Kittle's a little banged up. Uh, you know, Jimmy G is Jimmy G. Yeah, Jimmy G's too busy knuckling Sasha Gray to too busy, too busy, uh, <laughs> too busy scratching, uh, scratching Sasha Gray's record. If you know what I'm saying. To, Wait, isn't she an author now? I don't know. She almost ruined Vinny Chase's career. Fuck her. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Carter, big entourage guy or no? No, I haven't seen it. Okay. Uh, anyway. No, I just, I think this is setting up perfectly. I'm not trying to like be a dick and jinx the Rams. Like I legitimately think this is setting up perfectly for a Rams victory. Um, You know, I know SoFi, you know, that the atmosphere is going to be interesting because there's a lot, um, there's a lot of Niner fans in San Francisco. Right. But, but in this, you know, in this kind of battle, the Rams and chargers are having for, for like the fandom of 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 LA um you know there's nothing that city loves more than a champion so um LA the True. Rams have a chance here uh, on the verge of having to blow it up and going into kind of a kind of going into a dip here to kind of win over some people and make some diehards that'll that'll kind of keep the team afloat as they're trying to figure out the identity post whatever you want to call this era. I'd say the post uh, must win era. Yeah. The once this window's closed, you know, and they got, yeah. so yeah, I definitely, I definitely think this is the Rams game. To lose. Like, I don't think, I don't see San Francisco winning this game. I see the Rams losing this game. Yeah. I get the Rams. Um, so Matthew Stafford, his first game won his first playoff game. And then what does he do the next week? He beats Tom Brady. What pressure does he have left? You know, I know playing maybe playing the 49ers because of the fact that the 49ers always kind of seem to have the Rams number, but I kind of just don't see it this time. I think that the I think that the Rams are playing good football and the 49ers are not playing good football, but they keep winning. And I think the their luck's gonna kind of run out here. Uh, I, I just don't see the Rams, especially if, since the Rams get a Taylor Rapp and Andrew Whitworth back. Whitworth especially is going to be an important piece because of the fact that the 49ers pass rush has been really, really good in this postseason. Uh, they sacked Aaron Rodgers five times. But I think that the Rams will keep them at bay. Uh, I think McVay will take care of business. And I think that uh, the Rams will move on. I think it'll be something like 27-14. And then we'll have a Rams Chiefs Super Bowl, and that'll be a lot of fun. Wow. Um, so wow, I was I was nervous about this game, and I am nervous because they have the Rams number. Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay are like like Don Thomas's wet dream. They are really good friends. Like they are they are very close. Like, and I'm sure they hate battling each other. But Sean McVay, I think he is has been obsessing over the end of that 49ers game until now like I think that whole team has said if we're going to make a run we want to play San Francisco again we want another shot and could they lose this game absolutely like but I mean yeah Debo and and Kittle are going to be banged up and they're obviously going to play and and be healthy enough to play but like I, I 
I think I think the Rams are going to do this. I, I firmly believe that, and you know, I'm not trying to be a coward. I think I think the 49ers are going to cover it. I think it's going to be a three point game again, but I could see it being just a back and forth battle. And I'm going to take the Rams to win. I'm going to go 28, 24. And, you know, I, I think about the wins that they've had, they've won 14 games this year, which is awesome. And in all, almost all of those games, Stafford has been pretty, pretty good. Like turnover, turnovers really haven't been a problem in those, in those victories except a couple like the Ravens game and all that. Um, but, you know, that's what I said last week is like, if Stafford plays a clean game, they're pretty much not unbeatable, but it's really hard to beat them. And yeah, they almost got beat last week, but, but I mean, I think I said it, to, I think I said it in the, in, um, I think I said in our little chat with us three that, that the, the final 30 seconds is what, the Rams traded for like I I liked Jared Goff enough and but I was sick of him at the end and I think Jared Goff could have made the first throw to cup but he does not he does not drop that dime to Cooper Cup to win that game he does not do that and I hope he has that sort of success the Lions like I am rooting for him there and I I always will um but I I think this is Matthew Stafford's moment and there's going to be a ton of doubters and losers and haters of which there are many, but I, I have a really tough time thinking the Rams are going to lose seven in a row to the 49ers. Like I'm fine with losing these first two this, this time. Like it's, it's really hard to beat an NFL team three times in a year. Like the year the giants won the super bowl in 2011, 12, the Cowboys kicked their ass the first two times. And then the giants go into Cal, uh, Cowboy at t stadium and beat the hell out of them. So I'm taking the Rams to win 49ers barely cover. I think it's a four and a half point spread. Um, like I said, 28, 24 Cooper cup and Stafford have a, have a hell of a day. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm excited. I think it's going to be, it's going to be a good weekend of football. Um, you know, MSU is going to Steven Izzo hits his first three this weekend, manifest it. Uh, oh, let it happen speak it into existence, speak it into existence, pray, sacrifice a goat, whatever, whatever you believe in. If, uh, if he hits a three or even a bucket against Michigan, like if he drops like a nice two point mid range jumper or like drops a three in, I think the Breslin's going to collapse. Like I hope ever, and obviously metaphor, but like, I think that place is going to be the loudest it's ever been. There, there legitimately might be a court storming. <laughs> like if he's like if they're up by ten points and he sinks a three to end to beat the buzzer. <laughs> yeah, he's always got to let him shoot at some point. He always just dribbles the ball out. He's got to let him shoot. Yeah, because he knows if he if he fucks up, his dad's gonna be not metaphorically kick his ass on the ride home or like on their way home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> better not better not screw up. Yeah, it's gonna be a fun weekend for for our uh, for sports. You know, um, I haven't had this NFC Championship feeling since you know the uh, that very uh, interesting game a couple of years ago. But you know, we'll see what happens. I'm I'm looking forward to it no matter what. I'm 
I'm not saying I'm happy to be here at the NFC title game. I think the Super Bowl is easily attainable, but I am very happy that they are here with Stafford. Like they went further than a lot of people thought they went already. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm ready to go. Uh, yep. So fellas, um, unless we have anything else, um, you know, I think, I think this is it. Um, you know, until, until next week, uh, Carter, go green, go white. All right.